0: ONTO THE SCIENCE FICTION Story number one I told you so Written by fools like me To Frunga from Beekle. Subject, hear that news Hey, those Mandelbrot enhancers I shipped to you a few weeks back Aren't gonna make it in Planetside Apparently, a human-owned supercarrier had a warp drive go supercritical. I guess that a ship that big must have more than one of those. The resulting explosion destroyed several freight haulers at the spaceport and the supercarrier was moored at. One of those happened to be carrying the enhancers. Just my luck, right? All the major trading hubs they could have stopped at, they chose that one. Anyways, I'm sure that a tragedy of this magnitude will make the galactic news circuit. I should probably care more about the lives lost than some shipping crate. I mean, a warp drive went kablu-y. That could probably take out a continent if it happened on a planet. But those things are hard to get a hold of, you know? Of course you do. That's why you asked me for them. I don't know how long it'll take to clean this mess up. They've got to clear all debris out of the local space. More importantly, I don't know how long it'll take for me to collect my insurance— Tragedies like these happen every so often And the owners of the at-fault ships always fight tooth and claw against the recompense Hopefully my insurance company will put out their lawyers on the line I don't want to have to go through the trouble of filing the cross-species civil courts The tracking number still says on its way What a joke All the best Bleekel To Frunga, from Bleekel Subject Whoa, that was fast I've already received payment on my insurance claim and I ordered another set of enhancers to be delivered to you via a slightly different route I guess I didn't expect the Terran fleet, that's the name of the human space navy, to immediately compensate the contents of all the freighter ships that blew up The paperwork already went through and everything And, and, get this, only two people died Two unlucky human engineers that had been working on the area when the warp drive exploded Isn't that incredible? All the freighter ships were unmanned, of course, so no one died there. But the last time something of this magnitude exploded on a spaceship, 11,347 crew members perished. I looked it up. Only 17% of the crew survived. But on a human ship, only two died and 18 were injured. I can't tell if the human crew was mostly on the spaceport or serendipitously strapped into G-chairs during the incident. The news reports aren't being very helpful in that regard What they are reporting is that the personal apology of the human fleet admiral gave during the press conference today Considering the cost of the repairs to his ship that compared to the dozens of so glorified warehouses I'm surprised he could act so cordial He actually seemed concerned that this event could sour the opinion of human-built ships And he insisted that this was an isolated incident Maybe because this was their first major incident, the humans are being extra cautious. Also, there's supposed to be an intergalactic investigation, as usual, but the humans vow to perform their own internal investigation as well. Don't know about you, but I find this whole thing extremely interesting. There's something about these humans I just can't put my claw on. Anyhow, I'll keep you updated, whether you want it or not. Beakle. Cool. To Prunga, from Beagle, subject, why do things explode anyway? Glad to hear your package arrived you safely this time. Since the investigations are still ongoing, I decided to do a bit more of my own research into the previous warp drive failures. The broad strokes are mostly what I remember from the occasional news stories. Heat death counts, extensive collateral damage, lengthy legal battles, and sometimes new galactic safety law passed. The enforcement is generally left to the individual governments. That is to say, it's infrequent. That's probably why accidents continue to happen on a semi-regularity. Here's an example. An Etorian mobile starbase was orbiting one of their outlying colonies, monitoring their space for pirates when a critical core failure caused an explosion to briefly outshine the local star. A large temperature spike proceeded with a month of unusual readings caused a runaway reaction that ended with an explosion. There was no automated failsafes to disengage the core after the temperature spike was detected. No emergency venting procedures were in place to direct the explosion away from the populated areas of the ship. In fact, populated areas of the ship seemed to be clustered around the warp core taking advantage of the excess heat it normally generated to help maintain a comfortable cabin temperature. All of this might not have been an issue if someone had investigated the unusual readings from the core, but the guy whose job it was to do so had been fired three years earlier and had never been replaced. In total, 9,513 Asturians died, an estimated 3,611 from the initial explosion, and 5,902 who succumbed to their injuries during the unorganized emergency response that followed. The Artorians' reaction was to mandate that two people be hired to monitor the warp core to account for long turnaround times. Now, you might be thinking, Peagle, I didn't know that you were so knowledgeable about the starbase design. Well, I'm not. It turns out the humans released an independent review of the disaster as part of their consortium of safety in spaceflight. I have no idea why they would do a detailed investigation when another species ship design failures, but the archive from the consortium is fascinating. Did you know they have a profession called aerospace safety engineer? Anyway... Don't hold your breath waiting for the human investigation to come out anytime soon. I hear they take a long time. Blicol. To Frunga from Blico, subject, you're not going to believe this. The Galactic and Humanity Investigations released their reports simultaneously last night, and I've been powering over each detail for hours. It may take a week to recover from the disruption to my sleep cycle, but it was worth it. I'll get the galactic report out of the way first because it's brief. The Interspecies Disaster Investigation Committee took uh, eight months to conclude that the core failure had no apparent cause and that it was a miracle that more people weren't injured in the blast. The report calls for the post-disaster response of the humans admirable and makes no recommendations. Worthless, as far as I am concerned, the fact that it took them this long to publish a report that I could read in less than fifteen minutes is at worst disgraceful and at best disappointing. Fortunately, the human report went above and beyond the level of effort that I expected them and still published it in the same 8 months time frame of the galactic report. I think the first paragraph of their introduction perfectly captures the indomitable spirit that permeates the rest of the report. So I copied the whole thing below for you to read Safety regulations in human history are often hard won Endlessly questioned, bitterly fought against, and sometimes brazenly ignored It is commonly said that such regulations are written in blood For it takes not just the suffering but death to galvanize those responsible Into taking the necessary changes by our codes Our early spaceflight programs were no different It was only through a series of high-profile tragedies and a series of self-reflection that the design philosophy of trial and error began to change. The result is a culture of insistence to do things right the first time. And from the harvest of raw materials to ship's virgin voyage, if human lives, any lives are at stake, extreme care must be taken. Every failure of these principles is a reminder of the lives that we have already lost. And every failure is an opportunity to improve a legacy of thoughtful design to save the lives of those we do not yet know that we have been entrusted with. If you were struck by the image of a whole report written by these people, as I understand it, here is the abridged breakdown of the events that led to the warp drive going supercritical. The first thing that happened about six months before the incident was that the warp drive was scheduled to be decommissioned after two years of service. However, a warp drive service can be extended if it passes a series of stress tests and adopts an accelerated maintenance schedule. This particular warp drive passed all the stress tests and was returned to the supercarrier, the SS Thunderbolt. This becomes important later. The second thing that happened, the day of the incident, when an unusually large piece of space debris threatened to impose itself on the flight lanes of the trading hub. however. The Trading Hub's point-defense system was unable to destroy or deter an object of that size. Upon hearing about the issue, the SS Thunderbolt offered to use her point-defense systems to neutralize the threat and found that the space debris mass thwarted even her system's efforts as well. They decided to resort to kinetic bombardment instead, which was successful. The supercarriers on board railguns sit on mounts which are vibrationally and electronically isolated from the rest of the ship. During the bombardment, one of the bolts on the railgun number three sheared off causing the rear body of the gun to impact the hull. This merely caused cosmetic damage in the hull itself, and crucially, did not trigger any of the millions of hull damage sensors that cover the skin on the supercarrier. Unaware that the railgun had been compromised, and due to the tenacity of the firing solutions systems, the weapon's computer was able to aim Railgun 3 to take another shot. Since the railgun's body was in contact with the hull and the capacitor banked up a few million amps into the gun, the energy flowed into the hull instead, and the gun was unable to fire. This was the first indication that something was wrong. Now, anyone with a passing understanding of electronics will know that the ground is an important part of the circuit. In space, there is no ground, so the structure and the hull of the spacecraft serves as a common electric return path instead. Even a small craft will have a large enough hull to function as a ground. When Railgun was energy was dumped into the hull, the fundamental relationship of the ground part of the circuit for the spacecraft was changed. Now, even the metal of the ship's structure doesn't have a zero resistance and the energy would dissipate eventually. Unfortunately, Railgun 3 was situated near the heart of the ship where the warp core control room was. And you see where this is going. Let me back it up a bit. You see, the engineers on board the supercarrier took advantage of the time at port to run some validation checks on the warp core for the accelerated maintenance schedule. While the railguns were firing outside, the warp core was being run through a series of tests, one of which was PPG-1071, a test of the secondary failsafe measures. The only way that the test does is to turn off the primary failsafe measures and slowly ramp up a few of the core parameters. As a precaution, the warp drive is only minimally engaged while running this test, the fact that the investigation committee credits with saving many lives. The crux of the incident came during the validation test when one of the secondary failsafes failed to trigger. This was a huge red flag and the reason to abort the test, which the warp engineer attempted to do. As fate would have it, at the moment the engineer entered the command to abort the test, an inordinate amount of energy from the railgun surged through the ground connection and fried the controlling hardware from the warp core with the primary failsafe saw the secondary failsafe struggled to contain the fission reaction it is at this point that the report starts to get a bit speculative territory based on the temperature of the energy profiles of the warp core at least before the sensors were destroyed the committee believes that there was a hairline fracture in the containment chamber that acted as a nucleation site for the fission of exotic matter and a long story short a runaway reaction caused it to explode this series of unfortunate events is what we the report calls a cascade of failures. If any one event had not happened, the warp core probably wouldn't have exploded. My first reaction was to blame the event that started it all, the bolt that sheared off the railgun. But the humans, they blamed everything and changed everything. The manufacturer of the bolts was investigated and found to have known that this weakness and the issue to recall on any lots of those bolts... However, the contractor who installed the railguns had failed to send all the faulty bolts back. The contractor claimed this paperwork associated with the shipping containers and they received was incorrect. They are currently standing trial for gross negligence. In addition, the humans have redesigned the railguns to send a small burst of power just before the main capacitor bank discharges. If that power isn't detected in the rails, the railgun won't fire. The skin of the supercarrier has also been redesigned to feature a mesh of pressure-sensitive wires instead of point sensors used previously. Everything about the warp drive has been changed as well. The service extension tests have been temporarily suspended until they can be expanded to cover this kind of failure, and the controllers have been rewired to the ground of the ship in more than one place. Finally, The PPG-1071 test has been reconfigured so that if the test does fail, it automatically aborts to prevent damage to the core. No need to wait for the engineer to act. With this level of care and attention to detail, I am surprised that humans aren't a bigger player in the galactic economy. If there's one thing that I've learned from all of this, the reliability of human engineering is exceptional and built on lessons learned in the past. I went ahead and bought several hundred shares of stock at human shipbuilding companies. I think they're about to see a big boom in the market. I encourage you to invest as well. to Fruga from Bleakle Subject, I told you so. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed